Hello, everyone. We are back with this week's episode of the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Andrew Schnitker. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Alex Sawyer. We have a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Going to talk about a couple of very exciting things. First off, NC State baseball continues to be having just a stellar season. Yeah, uh, ACC season's halfway done now. They've played five conference series. They have five to go. They just they're coming off a win against Boston College. Won two of three games. Actually had its first road loss of the season for NC State. The other losses were at home and then the one in Charlotte against South Carolina. But through 15 games in the ACC, the Wolfpack is alone atop the ACC leaderboards at 12 and three in conference. With uh, Clemson one game back and Louisville two back. But for NC State, it was just another good weekend another solid weekend for the Wolfpack as they continue on what is becoming one of the better seasons this program's ever seen yeah when you look at what this team has done a lot of it has come from just having so many guys producing Evan Edwards had a big weekend for the Wolfpack going five for 14 with six RBIs and a home run against Boston College you have Edwards Patrick Bailey and Will Wilson have been absolutely phenomenal for this team all three guys have an OPS over 100 Wilson and Edwards have nine homers none of them are striking out a lot they're all hitting over 333 really just that big three in the middle of the order for this team is really carrying the load yeah will wilson patrick bailey and evan edwards when you look at that trio that nc state has there right in the middle of the lineup that's i mean that's the big reason this team is winning games and the offense has been really good because you have three guys who all have very high ops's all can hit home runs they're very consistent at getting on base driving each other in so that's huge for nc state having that in the middle of the lineup and when you look at how nc state's done in the acc and you look obviously as a team on top of the standings but nc state also has players just all over the acc leaderboards will wilson is top 10 in batting average he's fourth in slugging evan edwards and patrick bailey both also in the top 10 in slugging Johnny Butler, who, you know, bats in front of those big three, leads the league in runs scored. Edwards and Baylor are both also top 10. You have three guys in the top 10 in the conference in hits and Wilson, and then freshman Tyler McDonough and Bailey. Edwards is third in RBIs. I mean, it just goes on and on when you look at where this team is on the ACC leaderboards, and that says a lot about how good this offense has been, and it really is Will Wilson, Patrick Bailey, and Evan Edwards leading that charge. You know, and you look at the mound, too, for NC State. I mean, you've got... Jason Parker and Reed Johnson have both been great. They've both pitched well against BC. That's a really solid one-two punch at the beginning of the ro- of the rotation for this team, which is a great start to what this team could really do. Yeah, it is when you look at just how important pitching is as you continue to go into the ACC schedule and then get into the postseason to have two guys that you can throw out there on Friday and Saturday that you know are going to give you a lot of innings, you know are going to put in good performances and give you a good chance to win. That's absolutely huge and Parker and Johnson have both been really good for NC State who you now moves into the second half of the ACC season really looking to just continue on what they've been doing and maybe try to you know win the conference try to get into the ACC tournament with one of those top seeds yeah you know and I think they've got a tough series coming up with Louisville Louisville's 24 and 8 overall 10 and 5 in conference they're not a great offensive team but they're a phenomenal pitching staff and they score they only they do only score 3.62 runs per game yeah i'm with the cardinals they come in to doke field and that's big for you because you know we mentioned earlier the two teams right behind nc state and the acc right now are louisville and clemson and the wolfpack gets both louisville and clemson at home later in this season louisville starting this weekend a team that really does bring great pitching in 
Um, that should be a fun series for NC State. Um, by the time this releases, NC State will have played a midweek game against a very tough Coastal Carolina team. So that's another one to look out for for NC State. But you move into this later part of the year, you have the opportunity here to continue to win if you're NC State. You get the two teams right behind you at home, which is huge. So NC State baseball really is in a good position to continue on this great season and, you know, get towards the postseason looking like one of the better teams in the country. Yeah, NC I really am excited to see if this can finally be the year that this team can make some noise in the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, we're going to move to another of our dipping into the world of North Carolina sports beyond NC State. I'm going to say something here that is still having a hard time setting with me that it's it's actually happening, but it is happening. Alec, for the first time in 10 years since 2009, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of wild to think about just how long it's been for this franchise sitting on the outside of the playoffs. Obviously, that playoff drought was the longest in the NHL, but now you move into the playoffs, you get 99 points this year. It's the second most in franchise history, and you go. You have a tough series against Washington coming up, but you know to get to the playoffs for this team, for this franchise, especially under a first-year head coach in Rod Brindamore, I think that's absolutely phenomenal for Kane's fans, for the team. I mean, to now be back in that playoff hunt, I mean, NHL playoffs, that's an exciting thing. That's what you play for. So for the first time in 10 years, you're there, and that's something that's really good for this franchise. Yeah, and when you look at how they got there, it's pretty remarkable too. I mean, this team was 15-7-5, I think two spots out of last in the Eastern Conference on December 31st. After the calendar flipped, they went 31-12-2, just absolutely red hot. They clinched the playoff spot last week in their final home game of the regular season against New Jersey. It really was a great atmosphere at PNC Arena. You look at how they've done it this year. You've got balanced scoring. Sebastian Ajo led the team with 30 goals. You had four more guys in Nino Niederreiter, who I'm still trying to figure out how the Canes got from Minnesota for Victor Rask. Justin Williams, Andrei Svechnikov, and Tevo Teravainen each hit 20 goals. You have a couple defensemen in Justin Falk and Dougie Hamilton with over 10 goals, plus Stahl, Jordan Stahl, Lucas Walmark, Jordan Martinuk, Brock McGinn, Warren Fogel, Michael Furland. I mean, really... The way this team has gotten it done, a team that's struggled to score in years past, is yes, you had a couple breakout seasons at the top, but really you had a lot of guys who were able to consistently provide you with that depth scoring all year. Yeah, and that's something that makes a big difference for a team when you have so many guys that can put the puck in the net. You don't have to rely on those top guys every single night. Obviously, Ajo is very good, and some of those guys at the top are really good goal scorers, but to be able to have so many guys that can score is huge. Another big thing for this Hurricanes team that's Perhaps the biggest different from biggest difference from years past is the goaltending because Peter Morozik, Curtis McElhaney have just been fantastic in net for Carolina. Yeah, those two. I mean, it's been, you know, the Canes really went with a true platoon for the first part of that second half run. Morozik really kind of grabbed the reins as we went down the stretch. He won eight of his last 10 starts, was just phenomenal. I expect him to be the guy going into the playoffs. Now, if he ends up slipping up, then you do have a guy in McElhinney that you're comfortable going to, but I think it'll be Mrazek. You look at Brendan Moore's leadership, keeping this team together and helping them stay the course and keep doing what they were doing well, even without getting the results through that tough start, and it paid off. And obviously Justin Williams, too, in his first year as captain. As we said, tough series ahead with Washington, but I wouldn't bet against this team. They're red hot. 
PNC is going to be rocking for the games that are here. The fans are back. Some of the crowds down the stretch were awesome. As I said, that atmosphere at PNC for that last home game was just incredible. Speaking of fans, we are going to bring on this week's guest, a Hurricanes super fan, Michael Flanagan, one of the founders of the Section 328 fan group for the Hurricanes. So without further ado, we're going to go to Mike by phone. Guys, we are back. We have a great guest for you this week, Michael Flanagan, one of the co-founders and leaders of Kane's Fan Group, Section 328. Mike, how you doing today, man? Hey, man. It is a beautiful day in Canesville. The Canes have made the playoffs. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? I have heard. I'm still having a hard time processing. I still am having these moments, these past, since it happened, of like just sitting there being like, the Canes are going to the playoffs. Like it's it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I, but I think that has to do with the past ten years, right? I mean, we've been we've been so conditioned to disappointment as a fan base. If you look at how this team started out and some of the bad luck that we got in in December, but how well this team has played, uh, I don't know if we should all be as surprised as we all are, and rightfully so, right? I mean, we've been we've been waiting the other shoe to drop on this team since about late January. Uh, But unfortunately that shoe now lives in Chicago and we don't have to deal with it. So, uh, I mean, I'm just really excited. Uh, I think this area is ready for playoff hockey. Uh, I think the problem is, I don't know if the rest of the NHL is ready for us. Yeah. And I think that is kind of what I meant about it being surprised. It's not surprising given how good this team has played and how good they've, they've looked that this team is in the playoffs. Just the fact of, given the past 10 years and what we have been through that the Carolina Hurricanes are in the playoffs. But the thing I want to ask you is I think a lot of the word that's been used to describe this team this year is fun. Obviously you had the storm surge, you had a really fun product on the ice. Just speaking from a fan perspective, how much fun has this season been for the Hurricanes? I Again, I think this goes back to this whole last 10 years of conditioning, right? I don't know if we as a fan base have quite, aside from the storm surge, which has just been, you know, the most refreshing thing out of this organization in quite some time. I don't know if we've been able to enjoy just how fun and how good this group is. I think we're going to look back on this season five, 10 years from now, regardless of how we finish up the playoffs and realize just how fun it was and how lucky we were to be there. Uh, but we've been so wrapped up in when is the next shoe going to fall? When is the big bad injury going to come? When is our goaltending going to fall off the cliff? I don't know if we've been able to enjoy this as much in real time as maybe we should have but you know kudos to the canes who have made sure that there has been something to look forward to with every win uh which is the storm surge which has just taken us from a fun team to a bunch of jerks which is just the greatest thing ever yeah absolutely when you look at this late stretch in the season pnc arena obviously full the atmosphere for all of these games down the stretch just phenomenal Maybe not as much for you, who's obviously been there, been committed, but for this whole fan base, how much has this run that the Canes have gone on to get into the playoffs after so long kind of rekindled that love for the game, that want to come out to the stadium and cheer this team on? It's been great. I mean, 
mean, you're, you're seeing the team make massive incremental strides uh, in, in the attendance that's going on inside the building. I've heard rumors from folks inside the Canes that there uh, are four digits worth of new season ticket holders that have come into the fan base uh, since, you know, kind of the February, March timeframe. So for the team to add so many new season ticket members uh, based upon this run has, has absolutely been phenomenal. And, and I think one of the interesting things is, and you've heard this story a lot from a lot of the longtime Kaniacs is this is something that has been almost cross generational. Uh, the last time that the, the Canes made the play, I think Mr. Schnitker was looking forward to middle school, something like that, <laughs> close to it, right? Uh, there are people who are now 30 years of age who've never been able to drink legally in a bar and watch a Carolina Hurricanes playoff game. Uh, there's folks who have children that are eight years old who have been to hundreds of games in their lives but never once been able to share this with us. So we're, we're not only enjoying what it is, but we're kind of starting to bridge this gap to the next generation of Kaniacs uh, and bringing folks along before they you know, drive themselves off a cliff. Yeah, definitely. To that point, I believe Andrew and I were both uh, 12 years old at that point, and we're both about to graduate from college. So that's how long it's been. <laughs> yeah, I was in, I was uh, wrapping up my sixth grade year for the record. But um, we've all seen the videos of you guys over in 328, you know, the heartwarming videos of you guys celebrating and the emotion of it settling in on Thursday that the Canes would be going to the playoffs can you put into words what that moment meant for you? It's a great question, Andrew, and I've had a few folks ask me that. It's really hard, right? Because um, for someone who has, you know, you know, we're not on the ice. We're, we're just a fan group of folks who, you know, have grown to love and support this organization. Um as a group, you know, our first tweet was when Paul Maurice was about to be fired the second time, and it was Mo Must Go Again or MMGA. Uh, we've never had a podcast. We've never had anything where we've been able to officially talk about the playoffs as a formal group. And, and this little community that we've got has grown and, and become very tight-knit, and I think part of that maybe is because of the struggles and the trials and tribulations that we've gone through. But Thursday night, when Nino Niederreiter scored that third goal, and it finally became Came real the weight of the fact of you know 10 years worth of disappointment and on top of that the realization that this group of people that we've grown together known love uh you know i kind of take that andrew um we all get to experience this new thing together and it was you know, it was catharsis while it was, you know, shoot, I'll use horrible words. It was almost a rebirth at that point, right? Because we, we've got this chance again to go do something very special. And the fact that we're going to be able to do it with this great team on the ice, but together with this kind of intimate family that we've created uh, in the stands. And I, I, I tell folks I'm fortunate enough. I get to go hang out with, you know, somewhere between 14,000 and 18,000 of my friends, you know, next week. And I couldn't think of a better way to spend my life right now. Yeah, and then when you look at the product on the ice now, obviously making the playoffs was that big step for this franchise, but this is a team that's very hot, that's been playing good hockey. For you, I mean, is this something that they should be satisfied with making the playoffs? Is it a they made the playoffs, anything else is just like gravy on top situation, or can this team do more in the playoffs? Oh, I, 
think, I, again, I, I intimated it earlier, earlier in the interview that I absolutely think this team is the type of team that nobody else in the playoffs really wants to play. We have one of the hottest goaltenders in the league with Peter Morazic. We have a young team that doesn't know any better than to go out and keep doing what they're doing. You have a good coach who has solidified himself in this league as both a player and now as a coach driving home this with veteran leadership at the top by the likes of Jordan Stahl and Justin Williams and even Justin Falk. So all of that coming together, I don't know if anybody wants to play us. You know, we're in the first round, we drew the defending Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals, and the greatest goal scorer of all time, Alex Ovechkin, who just happened to party until mid-October, who lost their game midway through the season, and finally are now just rounding out into form. And maybe that'll be good for them. But I seem to remember, if you look at this Vegas team last year, take away uh, take away a couple of their big goal scorers who just blew it off the charts. I think it's a very similar ragtag bunch that could come together and do some things that no one's expecting. Uh, and if the Washington Capitals aren't prepared to take this team seriously, we go up to Washington and steal the first game. Game three in the PNC arena becomes a whole heck of a lot more interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that if the Canes get a split in Washington, it'll it'll be a fun time when they come home. When you look at this season, there's been a lot of great moments this season. Obviously, the one on Thursday night when Nino Niederreiter scores and the Canes end up clinching the playoff spot takes the cake. Other than that one, can you pinpoint a favorite moment from this year? I, absolutely. Um, it, it's Peter Morazic in overtime in Florida, uh, the, the poke check of doom, right? When, when he comes out and you just, you know, that Florida game is one of those games that you have to win. You have to have two points. Um, we deserved those two points and, and you, every season before that guy's barreling down, he pots that goal, normally gloves and glove hand high. And, uh, you know, you go home with one point and that's the one point that you needed to close it out. Uh, imagine the, imagine what would be different that last coming down the last week of the season. If we were in the ninth spot fighting to get in versus the seventh spot fighting to stay there, it's that those little changes. And, and I think that was such a cement moment for Peter Morazic, Justin Williams, and this entire team, because it was the culmination of, Great leadership, great goaltending, and then your young star, Sebastian Ajo, putting it away in overtime. I can't think of a better way to kind of wrap up the season than that moment in time. Yeah, definitely looking at that, that's an exciting thing. But for this team, obviously, didn't start super great, but the calendar year turns and things just take off and they've been so hot since then. But when you look back at the season, was there a moment that felt like a turning point to you where you thought, okay, I think maybe things are going to go in the right direction now. Okay. Let's fight. I didn't know I was going to be brought on to fight. Sebastian Ajo started the season with points in 12 consecutive games. The Carolina Hurricanes started four and one. Let's stop with the narrative that this team did not start well. We had a bad December. 
This team started very good. We had a bad December. That bad December, if I, if I, I don't know if I could point to a single moment. I think I could point to a single player, though. In December, it finally seemed like Dougie Hamilton uh, started to find his game, started to find his way, and this team started to bond a lot on the backside uh, with the defensive pairings. So I think that's what really brought this whole thing together was when that back end with all of the, new, you know, with, with the new pairings, you know, we've been so used to the stalwarts of Slavin and Pesci uh, out there. But when, when Slavin and Hamilton started to do their thing and when Pesci and Fox started to do their thing, you really started to see a difference in this team because defense scoring led to better opportunities up front. And then all of a sudden, our uh, shooting percentage went from the worst in the league to you know, middle of the league and going from worst in the league to middle of the league shooting percentage took us from an abysmal December to 30, 12 and two to close out the year. It's little changes like that uh, that I think have really kind of just cemented where this franchise is. Yeah. And I, also, I, also, I don't want to fight you. <laughs> we, we don't, no, you're fine. <laughs> we don't want to fight either. We're always glad when there's a responsible fan like you to call us on our false narratives. But, uh, when you look at this organization going forward from this season, obviously last time the Canes were in the playoffs, they had a, a pretty veteran team and they made the run to the Eastern Conference Finals and then they really bottomed out the next year and that started that 10-year drought. This feels like the start of something with a young team and like the future of this team and this organization are just so bright going forward. Absolutely. Well, you look at it's a difference, I believe, in management philosophy. When Jim Rutherford was the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, Jim was very big on let's buy now and let's let's deal with what happens later. And you've seen that kind of cement itself in Pittsburgh the last few years. And, you know, kudos to Jim where he's been able to work around that. It's easy when you've got, you know. Crosby and Malkin to be able to kind of work around. But uh, there were some bad decisions here, some bad contracts, some bad loyalty. I don't foresee that happening with, with this team because, again, we do have such good young guys. You've got, and your veterans are guys like Jordan Stahl, who are locked up for the long term here. Um, You've got guys like Tavo and Sebastian Ajo who are going to be committed to long-term deals here, uh, which I think are really good. And then you look at what's happening down on the farm. 2009, we did not have a lot of good assets left on this hockey club, whereas right now we have the AHL's leading team and the Charlotte Checkers and a bunch of first-round draft picks, including Jake Bean and Martin Nachos and uh, Gautier, who are just tearing things up right now so um it's not only bright because the team's in a good salary cap position we've signed the right players to good contracts but we've also got a lot of value down on the farm uh that we're going to be able to do uh stuff with including trading the rights to adam fox at some point so uh, i think it's definitely a different position than when uh you know 2009 we were relying on scotty walker and a bunch of albany river rats to, to pull this thing out um I think we've got the opportunity to really, um, you know, really make a solid five to ten year run here, much like we did the first time we did this. If you look back, uh, what kind of spoiled the Canes fan base to begin with? 1999 early playoff exit, but then 2002 Stanley Cup final, 2006 win the Stanley Cup, 2009 go to the Eastern Conference Final. If you were to tell me over the next 10 years the Carolina Hurricanes are going to go to two Eastern Conference Finals 
one Stanley Cup final and win the Stanley Cup once, I think every Kaniac in existence would sign up for the previous 10 years to get that out of the next 10. Definitely. I, I think that's a uh, pretty easy sell, and I think that is all we have for you today, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on to this episode with us, and I look forward to hearing you guys next Monday. Hey, man, we'll be, we'll be loud and proud out there. Those of you who are 21 and over, come out, say hi over in the East Lot, uh, and uh, follow us over at section328.com. Well, Alec, that was great. It's if there's anyone around here who knows and is passionate about their Hurricanes hockey, it's Michael Flanagan. And it's always great to hear. It's always interesting for me when you have a great event for a sports team like the Hurricanes making the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. You know, I want that one of the things I want to hear is what the fans are thinking about that. Yeah, definitely. To have that fan perspective is a different one, but Section 328, that's a very passionate group of fans that bring a very unique perspective to the hurricanes and anything with the hurricanes. So that's a great person to talk to, to get that kind of insight on that side of things. Yeah. I think before we close this out, I think I thought it would be fun for you and I to do our uh, predictions for the canes, at least in this first round series, I'm not going to try to go anything past that if they do get past Washington. So I want to hear from you. What do you think goes down between the canes and capitals in this first round series? Yeah, it's hard to, look at it and say that you know you think the hurricanes are going to beat the capitals and i think the canes obviously have a chance they're a hot team they're a team with i mean the caps are trying to defend a stanley cup the canes are in their first playoff they kind of have that mentality that you can take in of not that you're happy to be here but that you don't really have anything to lose so i think that's always dangerous but washington's a very good team ovechkin's good i think this will be a tight series i think it'll be competitive i don't think you'll have games that are blowouts I think you'll probably see five or six games I think Washington probably wins it in I would say six a fairly comfortable six but if Carolina can go into Washington and win one of those first two games that changes the series entirely because the Hurricanes definitely win at least one in PNC yeah and I you know I've I've struggled back and forth with this because I mean the thing we've been talking about is when you look at since the NHL has gone to the current play divisional playoff format usually you have a wild card that beats a division winner. Now, maybe this year that just doesn't happen, but I mean, when you look at the wild cards, I think of all of them, the Canes probably have the best chance. Peter Morazic is red hot, and having a hot goalie this time of year is a massive edge. You do have the Capitals, who are very experienced, very good team. They obviously won the Cup last year, but the other thing you're going to think about for them is that's a lot of hockey and a lot of stress on the bodies in two years. I'm going to say that this Canes team, similar. one thing that is similar to 2009 is the 2009 team also came into the playoffs red hot, and I think a lot of times it is about getting hot at the right time. I'm going to say that the Canes find a way to get that split in D.C. and take care of business on home ice, and the Hurricanes move on. They win this series in six games. Yeah, I would not be shocked at all to see the Hurricanes win this series, and I think it definitely probably goes at least five, probably at least six if the Hurricanes don't win. But I think Carolina definitely is going to be able to compete with this Washington team. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun to watch. We're going to have great coverage of games one and two for you guys, and obviously all the games at PNC, but I will be making my way up to Washington for games one and two, so we will have that. Alec and I obviously are... 
graduating in May. We are winding down our time as sports editors. But before that, before the transition, we still have a lot of fun content planned for you guys. We've obviously got this Hurricanes playoff run. So we've talked about earlier the baseball team having its historic season. We're going to be pumping out all kinds of coverage of that. Debbie Yao, NC State's athletic director, is on her way out. We have an interview upcoming with her that will be pushing out some great content about her time at NC State over these next couple weeks. So you aren't done with us just quite yet. And we do have some good, some fun, good fun stuff planned for our last couple weeks here. So really stay tuned to the Technician website and our social channels for all that. Until then, we will be back with another podcast next week. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Andrew Schnitker. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Alex Sawyer. And that will do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone.